Hello and welcome to the Oakland A's UK podcast, season two, episode eight. Being recorded on Thursday, April 22nd. Ride the wave! Yes! Our beloved A's have gone from famine to feast. After losing seven of our first eight games, we now sit on a 12-7 and win-loss record, having won 11 games in a row. That's 1-1-11, or I-I if you are Roman. I think that's right. Is it I-I? X-I. X-I. Damn. I-I's too. I-I. <laughs> As in so you would ask an accountant for Roman numerals. <laughs> anyway, yes. Now, recording the podcast today does mean that uh, we may be tempting fate with the streak coming to an end, but that's just how the season goes. Did I mention ride the wave? It's the ups and downs of a season, and we're currently on the up and up. So to discuss all the ups and ups today, I am joined, as always, by Dom. Dom, how are you doing? I'm very good, Matt. How could we be anything but after last night's victory? I know. Well, this morning's victory, technically, for us. Oh, yes. <laughs> a, a one o'clock, a 1 a.m. Uh, finish for us. And uh, yeah, we had a bit of a shout <laughs> as the final yeah. run came over. Um, just a crazy, crazy game and the end of a crazy period, really. Yeah, it's been uh, absolutely fantastic, hasn't it? Um, more than More than we could have hoped for. A couple of podcasts ago when we were staring Owen yeah. 6. <laughs> we were, yeah. And uh, yeah, with um, plenty of not very good sporting news that we could talk about from a British perspective with all of the uh, Super League shite that's been going on. <laughs> the, the baseball has been a very welcome distraction that we've had the wonderful Oakland days going along and Ride the Wave has really taken hold. Um, I know the, the team started with the Rise and Grind hashtag, which I think we liked, but Ride the Wave is kind of, I think it's always wait, when the team kind of starts something, it always kind of feels a bit more organic and yeah. you see everyone getting behind it. it, it you know, it, it does kind of lift the spirits even when things aren't going well. Yeah, I think the, the rise and grind thing came from the giant street art mm. elephant in Oakland. So I, I wasn't against it at the start, but when you go 0-6, we're all superstitious with sports yeah. fans. It has to be replaced. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think get, getting, getting a hashtag from the players is perfect. Perfect. And uh, if, if, you, if people listening to this haven't already uh, seen all of the images that... Uh, Sandlot Brian uh, has been making for Ride the Damn Wave. Right, yeah. Get involved on his Twitter. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, uh, the, uh, the nudie stomper on a surfboard in a massive wave is fantastic. <laughs> it's slightly <laughs> disturbing, but fantastic all the same. <laughs> I will say, this is a spoiler alert. So as I mentioned, we're recording this on Thursday evening. Uh, one of my tasks for the weekend, I have come up with a what I think is a lovely little song uh, for Ride the Wave. To a well-known tune so i will be recording that and doing a little video of that and releasing it this weekend so get ready for that anyway get ready because we've got some great wins to look back on and it all starts with a tiger series so the winning streak that we're on started back in houston a while ago where we took the final two games of the series uh, before sweeping up a different bunch of snakes as i've put in my notes here in arizona snakes uh, in a two-game series at chase field so we had four wins on the spin and we returned back to the coliseum and it was a big series in many ways because we had that tough one and six homestand start um, it took seven home games before we finally got a win for the Coliseum crowd back at the Coliseum. And thankfully, this time, the second homestand, boy of the team made up for that, starting with a four-game series against the Tigers. Don, we knew when they came into town, this is a Detroit Tigers team that are still very much in a rebuilding process. They've got some good players, some kind of veteran players who are there trying to bring the youngsters along. It felt like a series where we could potentially take advantage and... I mean, we couldn't have done any more than what we did in this one. I was. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip over the uh, games one and two, which we won eight four with Manaya and three nil with Montas, um, because games three and four of the series were UK friendly Saturday and Sunday night games, which was fantastic. Yeah. Group of us got together to watch it on a Zoom. Um, starting with a Saturday night, our friend Cole on the mound, hoping for his first W in the A's uniform, and he got it. Um, six innings pitch, zero ERA, fantastic. Um, 
bats lit up. Finally, some run support for the poor lad. Yeah, and we win seven exactly. 0 with uh, home runs for Ollie uh, and Garcia and Carno with the back to back jacks. Yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I don't remember so much of Game Four. No, I, 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 I put the notes together just before this, and I remember watching it, and I remember Seabass <laughs> pitching really well, eight strikeouts, and then we were two one down going into the bottom of the eighth when Sean Murphy hit a big boy home run, his first of the season. I can't remember the final inning. Can you remember the final inning? I don't know where my head was. I, I mean, do it was remember Morland walking off, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Mitch Morland got a winning run home. Um, I quickly looked up with an error by the third baseman. I do not remember it. God knows how much I've been drinking. I mean, Norwich got promoted on a Saturday, so maybe that was I was still <laughs> hungover from that. I don't know, but um, it was a perfect way to end the series and a perfect way to end the weekend. As I mentioned, when you come up against a team like the Tigers, it's easy to kind of take them a little bit lightly and to end up going two and two. And whilst that's no disaster, you really want to take advantage when you can. And certainly in that game four, having won the first three games, we were up against Buffy Boyd, who's their best pitcher. And he was a really good starting pitcher, but he did pitch very well in this one. So to not take the foot off the gas and still come through and complete that sweep, get the brooms out, that was fantastic. As we spoke about in the last podcast, we're doing a play of the series for each series. And I think there were a few candidates, not least with the starting pitching, starting off really well in those first two games, really laying the foundations for a good series. But I think we've got to go for Oli here, haven't we, Dom? Yeah, the bats lit up, didn't they, in that series? Oli, I mean, he's carried on, actually, to be fair. Um, I was a bit confused when we were talking just before the pod about which series it was that he'd hit all the home runs in and it's both, <laughs> it's like both um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I think he's starting to, to to lead by example he's playing out of his skin at the minute he's on fire so yeah I think uh, I won't argue with Ollie. No, six hits in the series, two home runs. And it immediately calls to mind something. I can't remember if we mentioned it on the podcast I don't think we did I, uh, I did a live stream with Hannah last week just earlier yes, this week. I, um, I listened to that earlier today. Lovely job. And we were talking, I think, on that one about the new graphics, the wind graphics on the ASTV broadcast. They are fantastic. You see how it's swirling around the Coliseum and then they do the second shot, which is from left field and right field and center field, what impact the wind is having on the distance that you're going to have to hit or how much distance you gain and how much distance you lose. Um it's like such a simple little thing, but it's, it's really fascinating. And it is something even, you know, we do these Zoom watch alongs with a good pal of your string and he's really getting into baseball. And even someone like him, he's like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, and sort of thinking about mm, this might affect how you might want to pitch someone because of how the wind's playing. It's funny little things like that, which are quite small innovations can really kind of, I don't know, grab your attention, I think. Yes, yeah, it, it, it is a really interesting new thing. How they come up with that first one with all the little arrows, absolute sorcery. But uh, they may make it up. Let's be fair, but we'll give them yeah, yeah. we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. It is it is fantastic, and I think I think what's fun is working out how much further a home run would have gone when it's hit into the wind, or whether it would have been a home run when it's had the benefit of the wind. Yeah, yeah, because I know there was one game. I think it was in the Detroit series actually, where they just shown the graphics and shown how the um, the wind was coming in in centre field and centre right field, literally just after it matched up and absolutely slammed one. And off the bat, you think, oh, this has got a chance. And it was warning track shot. And it was immediately, yeah, that got caught by the wind. You know, wind's going a slightly different direction. That, that ball's gone. So it is something that's really interesting to see. And it's something that I'm sure... I mean, I don't know if the team have had that level of data beforehand. Maybe they have. I know the teams get a lot more advanced data than we see publicly. But um, so what has been the case in the older, in ye olden days when you'd look up at the, the flags and see which way the flags are blowing? Well, this is a much more detailed and analytical way of doing it. So um, be interesting to see if there are any more innovations like that. I don't know. Dallas Braden was uh, enjoying it in particular. Um, he's got a nice little perch back on the in his little bit behind home plate he's uh they've, they've kind of made a new one for him haven't they yeah he's uh he's got a very nice spec in that ground <laughs> yes yeah he's definitely doing fine and so he was in a box seat for the twin series too so eight wins were great 
Before the series finale against the Tigers on Sunday, it was announced that the scheduled game against the Minnesota Twins on Monday was being postponed. And unfortunately, this was because of COVID issues. So the Twins, I think it was in Dragleton Simmons, uh, had initially tested positive earlier in the week. And then two more players and a staff member tested positive. So they had to go into a big intensive testing regime to see if it had spread and if there was a, a kind of cluster of positive cases. So made complete sense. They thought, let's not rush this. They kept the team in Anaheim where they were playing on the road, did a load of testing, waited for the results to come in, didn't make any moves. Thankfully, it all came up. Everyone was negative. So although the game was postponed on the Monday, they decided to make it up with what they confusingly refer to as a traditional doubleheader on Tuesday, which got a lot of people's backs up because it was the, still the seven-inning affair. But they meant it in the sense that it was they played the first one and then 30 minutes after that one finished, they started the second one. Um, but kind of confusing. I know the A's announcers watching them back were um, very much kind of thinking, God, you get like, you, you kind of four innings in, you think, blimey, you, we, we, you know, it's kind of the seventh inning now. It does take it, it does kind of catch up on you a bit. And it's, you know, the big thing in both of those games, Don, was just how good our starting pitching was. Yeah, Sean Manaya, straight up. Seven seven innings, complete shutout. I mean, yeah, it doesn't count as a complete pen. game, does it? Unfortunately, but it, it's as good as a complete game in that situation. Well, nobody nobody got any work exercise on the bullpen, which is perfect, especially yeah. following a day off and part of a double header. Like yeah. you can't ask for much more from your starting pitcher on game one of a of a double header. Um, Jesus went in second. Um, think he got five innings. Yeah, five um, one third. Yeah, and again, you know. Throughout the team, shut shut them down. Two two uh, two clean sheets on Tuesday, yes, as we would call it. Yeah, and it was especially pleasing to see Lazardo do it because he had he had struggled a bit in his first three, and particularly his last outing against Arizona, he really looked out of sorts. Um, so you expect that from a young pitcher. I know he's someone who we hope to be an ace level pitcher, and it's easy to forget that even some of the greatest pitchers in history struggled in their first couple of years and trying to put everything together. So I think we, we should be careful about expect both expecting too much from him straight away and also not kind of writing him off. And I know we talk about what it's like on social media. You can get a couple of bad losses and everything's the end of the world. And people saying, well, is Lizardo finished? Should he be sent back down? I mean, it was silly, but um, yeah, really good for his confidence to, and especially to follow up the start that Manaya did, if he did, if, if he had been sat there in the dugout, seeing how well Sean Manaya pitched in that first part of the doubleheader, and then only lasted a couple of innings, would have been a real downer for him. So for him to follow that up was fantastic. And the bats were out in force again that first game. Mitch Morland, Mitchie two homers, as we like to call him sometimes, <laughs> Oli with the grand slam, Seth Brown. Single time, the only run in the second game. And yeah, we're, we're really seeing, I think at the start of this winning run, we had obviously Kana was going well, Jed Larry in particular. So it was the top of the order and still Oli, Chappie, you know, Mitch Borland was struggling, but we've recently started seeing some of these other guys stepping up as well. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, and that's that's how we're going to have a successful season, right? You can't you yeah. can't have a have just the the three and four spot hitting the home runs. Um, they've got to be spread out throughout the batting order. Um, and I think even the ones who aren't hitting grand slams have started to hit. I mean, I I, I know that my 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 memory is probably tainted by the <laughs> fact that we scored thirteen runs last night and everyone seemed to have a good game apart from maybe some of the fielding. Hmm. Um, but it was you know it. There isn't a gap in the batting order at the minute. There's not a bit where you think, oh, there's no chance here. And, no. and, and that's the sort of spirit that they need mm. when they're in the bottom of the tenth, two runs down. Is exactly. Actually, it doesn't matter who's up now. We're going to get hits. We're going to get walks. Yeah. We're not going to get outs. This, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll earn this. Yeah. Grind it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I mean, one guy who's struggling at the moment is Elvis, but watching the games recently is not even that he's having bad at bats. He's 
the amount of times he's hit the ball well and he's, he's just in a rut at the minute where he's finding fielders and he'll go through another stage of two weeks later in the season where everything he hits finds a gap. Um, but the good thing about Elvis, and I think something that really talks to his experience as a veteran in major leagues is that he's still fielding well he's still positive you can see the impact he's having with Ramon and the stolen bases that will come to so he's the sort of guy who knows what the season is like you know ride the wave sometimes you're in a rut don't get down on it don't take it over to your fielding and so he's still been contributing even though he hasn't been getting hits but yeah game three the game last night boy oh boy that was a wild one (laughs) You know, where do we there start? were times where exactly where do you start? You know, there were times when we were absolutely flying. Matt Olson hitting home runs at his first two at bats. Uh, Nelson Cruz hit two home runs for the Twins. We know how good a hitter he is. Almost on one leg, it looks like he's got a leg injury, but that didn't seem to put him off from launching the ball into the seat. Seth Brown hit a homer, but then it all kind of ended up going into extras and. Byron Buxton, I mean, he made the centre fielder, he made an amazing catch at one point, which I think would have tied it a bit earlier. I can't remember now, but um, made an amazing catch. And then top of the 10th inning with the stupid extra innings rule, hit the two-run home run. It was gone off his bat. He just sort of stood there and watched it for, oh, shit. That's not the way you want to end (laughs) a winning run. But there is no end with this team. You ride the wave. Blimey, O'Reilly. They were they were brilliant last night. Three times they went behind. Three times they came from behind and matched them pound for pound, punch for punch, hit for hit, error for error. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, and and I mean the walk off. You know, referenced it there. You know, there wasn't a dead spot in the batting order. Everyone who came up, you thought there's a chance here, and you get the bases loaded, even if you're two runs down. Get the bases loaded. You're playing a team that's lost eight of their last ten. That's going to cause nervousness. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. It, yes, we won on an error. But you know what? You create your own luck. If you don't Indeed. have the bases loaded, that guy doesn't overthrow the throw to first. Um, and I, I think we absolutely earned that last night. We, yeah, were, yeah, we yeah. were worth the win. We were, yeah. So we had two outs and then... Um, I can't remember who hit it, but their second baseman who they brought in for the extra innings as a field into play replacement uh, bobbles the ball. It actually would have, I watched it again this morning and it probably would have been tough play for him to make the out anyway. You'd think he might make it, but it was tough anyway. But then, yeah, the walk off third baseman again, they're taking Josh Donaldson out of the game, who we know how good a fielder he is to bring in. Uh, they pinched round for him earlier in the game. So they took him out, brought in a d- defensive uh, replacement, and he just airmailed it. It was, <laughs> you, you couldn't even, it, I mean, it was, he was rushing the throw because Ramon was at the plate, speedy runner. He wanted to get the out, but just went to pot, didn't he? And like you say, it's the same old thing of if you try to put pressure on a team, you've always got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, the the, the 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 pressure told basically didn't it the, the the guy had come in obviously not their first choice third baseman I'm sure Josh Donaldson unless he got stuck in the web of his glove that makes a, that, that play all just day long yet another crazy moment <laughs> in the game didn't it get stuck in the web of his glove so he couldn't get to it yeah crazy so coming out of the game and the spirit of the camp you saw it in the in the dugout and there were some wonderful comments from Mariah weren't there after the game. He said, you just smell when you're going to win. Damn right. And he talked about shit. I just fucked up, but the baseball <laughs> gods happened. And that's why I knew we were going to win. Um, he, we spoke about him on the last podcast. He's just, uh, just an enigma. <laughs> Ramon Lorian. He's fantastic. He's so focused. I, I love him to bits. I can see, I can see, where the uh, love affair with uh, Sandlot Bryan comes from. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of love affairs, we can't not mention Mark Carner, and we haven't really in those two. No. Um, the the man is just going under the radar. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put him forward for player of the um, series. Okay. But he gets a really strong honourable mention because I can't remember the stat, but he's leading the AL. <laughs> Yeah, he's leading the AL. I think he's leading the AL in runs scored. 
Um, he's, I think he's fourth in the majors in walks. And that was why, you know, he's a guy who can hit home runs, but this is the sort of thing as to why Bob Melvin thought, let's put him in a leadoff spot and keep him there because he's so patient, you know, start of the game, you know, he's going to give you a good at bat. He's going to work the pitcher, see what pitches he's got. And he's just that steady head. He's that, that what's always a stupid phrase when you hear people say it, but it's that old, he's a professional hitter. I mean, they're all professionals, but <laughs> it's just a good, you know, you very rarely see him have an at, a bad at bat. Nice. He's, he, he, he's, he gives you confidence. His at-bats and his presence at the plate, he, he goes 2-0 down and you think, well, he can still get a walk here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very much part of him, that he doesn't mind going to two strikes. He you know, doesn't panic, doesn't expand his zone too much. He just takes what you give him and, yeah, just gives you a good at-bat each time. And I mean, what we've seen all the way through the series so far is that he's not got a player for the series from us, but every time you've been able to say, well, he's an honourable mention, and that just shows how consistent he's been. But in this case, um, who do you think we should go for for player of the series for the Twin Series? I think it has to be Manaya. I think that pitching, pitching performance in that first game of the series where he, 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 he pitches the game. I know yeah. it's only a seven-inning game, doesn't count as a complete game. Um, good job Jay's not arrived yet because you know he'd, he'd go to task on me for that comment. But um, um, I do think that, uh, that that Sean just a fantastic pitching performance takes the pressure off the team, gives them the confidence to win the first game, takes the pressure off the bullpen, so we know the bullpen's there, which becomes important because the second game is only a one-nil win. Yeah, exactly. um, there's no run support in the second game, and so I, 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 and suddenly you've won the series in a day. I mean, it ha- all yeah. happened while we were asleep, right? It did, yeah, it did, we, yeah. We, I think we, it was we, half we, eleven at night. The first game started for us, because we thought there yeah. might be a nice day game in there, but sadly not. Yeah, no, I, I I know I went to bed just before first pitch in the first game. Woke up just after the last <laughs> last uh, hit in the uh, in 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 the second game and was just like, wow, we won a series while I slept. <laughs> that must have been a fun day out of the ballpark for uh, for, for the Oakland natives. Yes, and there's been plenty of fun in Oakland with uh, the offense really heating up at the moment. And if we look at some of the stats going on, so we're 25 home runs. Um, this is before Thursday's game. So joint top of the American League with the Angels with 25 home runs. Matt Olson leads the team with six. He's really heating up, as we've said. Canna, Chappie and Brown all have three. And, you know, we expect us to be the swinging A's, but the running A's, the stealing A's, that's not money ball, Dom. What's going on? It's, 18 stolen bases, joint top in the majors alongside San Diego. Ramon has eight stolen bases leading the majors. Incredible. It's risp. Risping. <laughs> we are risping away. Risping the are. wave. <laughs> risp the wave. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm risping a wave. Yeah, that'll do. Craig David. Um, Craig David, I don't know, alternate version, I guess, of his classic. We'll have yeah. to see if we can get him. Yeah, we, 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 I have to get, I have to get right that hashtag to get going. Risp, risp, risp in, in the wave. wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, we know in the past we've always kind of shunned stolen bases to an extent just because the risks often aren't worth the reward. But when you've got players who can still with Ramon, um, Elvis has got three. Mark Canner again, he's chipped in before. And even Stephen Piscotti got one yesterday, where, or the day before, where, you know, he's not a really quick runner, but he's a smart base runner. He saw that the pitcher wasn't really paying him attention. So you go. And we've seen that quite a few times. I think it was Elvis stole third base in one of the games recently because the pitcher wasn't really holding them. And I always, and that's always been my slight, where I slightly kind of disagree with the A's kind of theory with it a little bit is that I do feel that there is sometimes a benefit in at least putting it in the pitcher's mind and the fielder's mind that you might go you know if you if you pretty much never go then they can almost discount it and it's like well yeah we're not running all the time but if you take a liberty and don't hold me on I'm taking that base and we're seeing that not and in fact not only with stolen bases Dom but also we're taking the extra base when we can when we're running the bases it seems like we're 
we, you know, I know we're playing well at the now and everything's going well, but it seems like our base running, it's just everything is going well for us. It's confidence. It's tails up. It's, uh, it's, it's momentum. Yeah, it's momentum. Yeah. Win, win six, you'll win the seventh. Lose six, it's tough. You know, that's, that, that's why it was so important that we got that first win and sort of that, that game against LA, we talked about it, how important mm. it was to hold on and win it in the extras, et cetera. That, that, you know, it's a change of momentum and they've got the momentum right now. And I'm ride sure the they're going to lose tonight. We've totally jinxed it, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm ride the wave. Touching wood. <laughs> touching plywood. Um, yeah, I think this is actually probably MDF with, yeah. with a cover on it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough. It's good enough good for the wood A's. Wads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got some paper as well. That came from a tree, so... Yeah, that Close enough. <laughs> yeah, so great to see the way the A's are playing right now. And... We well, this is really tempting fate. Touch all the wood you've got in your house because the last few weeks we've generally been okay in terms of keeping the guys fit, which has been important. You know, when you're going well, you want to basically keep the lineup going in terms of not changing too much, just changing things here and there. Um, so it's been fairly consistent. Uh, the one guy in terms of roster news that we need to pick up on, unfortunately for him, Kai Tom. Did not last long. Curse of the song. No, I know. The curse of the song. I've just done Sex Bomb for Kai Tom. Kai Tom. Kai, Kai Tom. Tom. Super Kai, Kai Tom. Tom. Yep, gone. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> gone. Um, I guess I could do it with Seth Brown. Seth Brown. No. It's been used now. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's it? done. It's done. Yeah. yeah. It's served the purpose. So, yeah. Tob is gone. He's been designated for assignment on Tuesday and was claimed off waivers by Pittsburgh. Um, so the place where players go to die at the moment because they've basically gotten very few major league players whatsoever. So anyone who's available, they'll give you a shot and see if you stick. That's what they did with Dustin Fowler. Um, he was an outfielder in our system uh, before the season. He actually did play some games for them only this season, but they've got rid of him, designated him for assignment. So I think the thing was with Tom, because he was a Rule 5 pick, he had to stay on the roster all season. You just looked at it and it was like, you can't really justify. When you're a team that's going well and wanting to win and wants to win the AL West, you've just got to go with the right players. And if that means, you know, a, guy, a, a younger guy doesn't get the opportunity, well, you just, sometimes you just have to accept that. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talked about it on the, uh, the, the group WhatsApp. Um, I think it was... It was one of those which was disappointing, but I don't think we'll need to have a moment of listening to Cannon Fodder music for him. No. Um, he was he was one of those that was just good fun, wasn't he? Um, yeah. He'd been we'll so always good have in... that pitching performance with me. Exactly. He'd been so good in the Cactus League, and then he, he came and pitched, um, and then he sort of got dropped for quite a while and then made a couple of crap at bats, mm. and I think that was him done, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, sort of wish him where... wish him all the best. Oh, hey, yeah. Look, he, he leaves he leaves with our love, but um, does, yeah. we don't we don't need to spend a minute listening to Cannon Fodder music. No, okay, <laughs> we'll we'll put that to one side. Um, slightly linked into a um, female machine jackpot, as we like to jackpot. call him. Jackpot <laughs> has come back onto the roster, and he was the Rule Five pick last year. And we've talked about Lisbon previously because it was a sixty-game season last year. It was much easier to keep him around, and once you've kept him for that season, you've got him for keeps. Um, and he's a guy. I mean, I guess slightly different player to Kaiton, but similar in the sense that he's not going to be a big home run hitter, but he can give you a good at bat, and he's very versatile fielding wise. So it's again, it's the kind of thing. Well, you can't. It's good to have one or two guys like that, Jackpot and Tony Kemp. You can't have three or four. You know, you need those quality um, regular players. So, yeah, hopefully Kai Tom does get an opportunity with Pittsburgh. There's no reason why not. Talk about opportunities. Um, I'm talking about utility guys, Chad Pinder. It's really seeming quite depressing with that because he started so well at the start of the season, got the knee injury and... It doesn't seem to be a major thing. It's just it's going to be slow progress. So there's no current timetable still on when he'll be back with the team. Same with AJ Puck, unfortunately. Another guy who got a chance, pitched really well in that one outing, and then is back on the shelf again. So shame for Lem. But, of course, the thing at the moment is that with those guys, it's tough to put them back on the roster at the moment because everyone else is playing so well. And 
That's going to be the debate now on the final part of the roster news, which is Mike Fires. So we re-signed him over the off-season uh, to be a veteran guy at the back of the bullpen. Had a bit of a back issue, I think it was, back or hip. Um, so didn't start the season on the big league roster. Pitched at the alternate camp on Tuesday. So he's pretty much health-wise ready to go. I know he was in the dugout with the team yesterday. But where does he, where does he fit, Dom? I know, it's tough. Um, I'm, I'm, I said to you before we started, I really hope that it doesn't cost our friend Cole a place. Um, I think Cole's, Cole's done enough. Um, and with a bit more run support, we'd probably have double the number of wins. I think he goes again tonight, so hopefully he, he will have yeah. all his wins. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It feels like that's probably where he goes. I don't know. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He looks like the obvious person to be the odd man out. And I know he has spoken about this himself, that he knows he got an opportunity at the start of the season because Mike Fire was, was injured. So it's the same old thing where, look, he knew he got a chance. He's really taken a chance. If Fires comes back and he's the one to drop down, well, that's no slight on the way he's performed. He's impressed the coaching staff and he'll be back. No question about that. And I, I actually wrote a blog about him um, the other day and sort of spoke about that. He's there are similarities for me with Chris Bassett in that he's never going to be a big star player, but he's someone who's now part of our system. He's under control for I think the next five seasons. And he's the sort of player that because he isn't a star player, He's going to stay with the A's, you would think. And he's the sort of player who, and as an A's fan, you really take to. It's almost like the fact that he's an unheralded guy, but just does a good job for you, makes you love him all the more than a big star player. I think I think he has so much fun on home plate. Yeah. Um, I, d- I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just too used to serious pitches, you know, the, the days of Grand Balfour, <laughs> et cetera. But he looks like he's having fun when he's out there. And yeah. I love that. I, yeah. I, more of that, please. Definitely. So, yeah, hopefully more of Cole, whatever happens, hopefully more Cole. I mean, we've got Cole and Fires. I've just realised this. There's some sort of uh, some sort of link between Cole and Fire there that we can pick up with a song at some point, I am sure. And, yeah, obviously we hope that Mike Fires is back fit and pitching well. And then, hey, the age-old adage, you can never have too much good pitching. So, yes, hopefully both of them are pitching well for us over the course of the season. Yeah, it's a long season. We'll see Cole again. We definitely will, yes. Talking about things we will see again, it is time for one of our (laughs) most popular regular features on the podcast. It is Random A's Fact. Random A's Fact. Random A's Fact. Random A's Fact. Whoa, oh, yeah. One thing that is rather random. So this week's Random A's Fact is a very random one. We have been talking a lot about this wonderful new phrase we have, ride the wave. So this week's Random A's Fact is that in the entire history of the A's franchise, we have never had a player called either ride or wave. And that is this week's Random A's Fact. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? I know. I know. (laughs) We have had a Matt McBride who came up on my search, my control F, um, who played 20 games for us in 2016, but we weren't very good that year, were we? So I can't remember anything about him. Yeah, um, I don't remember him. We're not not changing it to McBride the wave. (laughs) No, McBride the wave. So there we go. No ride or wave in the A's roster names, but we're getting plenty of ride the wave at the moment. Random A's fact, random A's fact, random A's fact. Whoa, oh, yeah. One thing that is rather random. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we move on to another regular part of our podcast, which is our love for predictions. So we've got the season long ones. And then in our previous podcast, we came up with a few ones for April. So a quick catch up on those. Um, reliever with most appearances was this mine I came up with I think it was um, yes it was yeah yes it was so Dom you went with Jake Diekman Hannah went well, with I think I was boxed in you were boxing <laughs> yeah so I started off with you Sparrow Petit Hannah went for uh, Jeffrey our presidential Wendelkin and you went for Jake Diekman so as of today so first day um, 22nd 
it is Lutrofino and Wendelkin who are tied with 11. So I guess when you say you were boxed in, Trevino was still there to be picked. And it's been interesting, actually, because we've seen him pitch so well in the past in 2019 and feels like he's potentially back to where he was. I mean, it's still, a, it's still only a small number of appearances, but looks very encouraging. And particularly, it feels like Bob Melvin is really back to trusting him. Yeah, no, he's looked really good, hasn't he? Um, I, I, I can't talk about who Bob Melvin trusts, but I'm trusting him. So hopefully, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> completely uneducated baseball views. Dom <laughs> feels confident <laughs> when Lou comes in, so he good. must be doing all right. <laughs> and I, um, I can update on Trevino that I have got a song for Lou Trevino to uh, the tune of "Can't Buy." What is it? Can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Yeah, by the Beatles. So I've recorded it. I just need to finish it off and make a video. Lou so Trevino. that will be. Is it yeah, like that? Basically. Yes. <laughs> that will be on the YouTube channel, uh, Oakland Days UK YouTube channel, this coming weekend. So look out for that. So, yes, in terms of reliever appearances so far, is Trevino and Wern Delkin tied on 11. Yusmero Petit, my pick on 10. Jake Deepin has eight at the moment. But it's the same old thing. He's a left-handed pitcher. So if you're coming up more against left-handed hitting teams, he's going to get in more regularly. So we'll see how that goes. The next one was combined home runs by outfielders. I'll be honest. I had a quick look at that and then started totting it up and I thought, oh no, he wasn't an outfielder in that game. And Hannah did clarify that you had to be playing outfield in the game for it to be counting as a home run by an outfielder. So uh, I'll come back on that one. Or in fact, I'll put it, I'm sure Hannah um, sent us a, a photo. She'd been keeping a tally. So um, we will wait until the next podcast and Hannah will update we'll, us. We'll still need to audit that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> audit. I think now now would be a good time to have a, a moment of cannon fodder music for Marcus Semyon. That's a good point, yes. Yeah, can you edit that in? I, I'm editing that in. I did look something up about Marcus. Let me see. Um, it's not really hitting, though. Uh, 192 passing average. Can't, can't really hit when you've got a broken heart, Mark. No, but exactly. He's got four home runs, though, so at least he's... Uh, when he's getting a hit, he's making it count. But, um, yes. Anyway, the last April prediction we have is the number of series wins. And I deliberately went low on this one um, just to be different. And I am very glad to say I am already out of this one because uh, we so far have won four series and I went for three. So I'm out of it. Dom, you went for five. Hannah went for six. So there's two to go. So I hope she wins. (laughs) You hope she wins. Yeah. So, if you remember, my logic on going for five was that we'd be our luck to split the two-game series with the D-backs. That's true. So we won that. So I, I hope she wins. <laughs> so that comes up to our upcoming game. So the next one we have is... So we're on an East Coast road trip coming up. So we are in Baltimore, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, uh, with a Sunday game, a weird old 6.05 start. Um, and the other one is that we then follow that up with Tampa Bay Rays, who are, uh, we've got a four game series against them. So we could, could kind of tie that one. So that may, that may scupper Hannah. Oh dear. We'll have to wait and see. And the first day game, the final one of that is at 6.10. So we are joined mid pod by our good friend, Jay from New York A's. Jay, how is the Big Apple right now? Um, it's good crunchy crisp uh, i i prefer crisp yeah that, like it's a granny smith lovely um <laughs> bitter not 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 that many people not that many people know that but um it's uh it's it's not red like you see in the pictures it's new york is green remember that um and uh yeah it's, it's uh new york's new york's great you know, I mean, all things considered, in the in the context that the world is great. Yes. Well, A's, <laughs> A's world is great, Jay. 11 wins in a row. That is true. 11 wins in a row. Needless to say, my uh, my running scheme, I'm way behind. Oh, dear. Uh, for, for, for those of you that don't know what Jay's running scheme is, uh, which I imagine is the majority of our listeners, um, <laughs> Uh, every time the A's win a win a game, I run a mile. 
But if that game is the second game of a win streak, then I owe the A's two miles, third game, <laughs> three miles. So at some point, it's difficult to, to keep up with running 11 miles the day after you ran 10 miles, the day after you ran nine. Um, so like, I, hopefully I'm banking in some of my early season uh, when I was running two miles a day and the A's weren't winning. So that that'll get me through tomorrow's game because that's like what two weeks of no wins or a week of no wins that's 12 miles that i ran and tomorrow hopefully will be a 12th straight win so then i'll only owe like 66 miles (laughs) (laughs) well you'll be uh, gonna say you must be happier than the team with a rest day (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah it's uh, it's I, to be fair, I'm, those, it, it, ever since I started taking my daughter to a daycare via running, so that's just two and a half miles a day doing that, it's a, running kind of based on any kind of A's results or any other sports results, which is what I had done in the past, it just becomes very difficult. Is she keeping <laughs> up with you? Uh, she is, yeah. You know, she, <laughs> she mostly... <laughs> How old is she again? Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, she's 11 months, or she'll be 11 months, uh, the beginning of, of May. Uh, we were talking about predictions a little earlier, Jay. And um, in our last pod, we came up with a few for April. So we are adding to our prediction list. Um, the first one was w- which reliever would have the most appearances in April. And you're actually in a good spot here because Don went for Deakman, Hannah went for Wendelkin, and I went for mm-hmm. Petit. So who would you uh, like, Jay? Yeah. Trevino. There you <laughs> go. He was currently Basically, tied. This, this all, all of these, all of these picks are going to end up being well. Who's left? That's who Jay picks, and that's just how it's going to go for the, the entire year. Because I'm never going to make, I'm never going to make it on time for one of these <laughs> predictions. Well, you're leading the way at the moment with Trevino. He's tied with Wendelkin for that's... most appearances. So you're going well. Um, the next one is we are doing um, the number of combined home runs hit by outfielders in April. We don't know what the current total is, by the way. Uh, Don went for 13, Hannah 16, I went 14. Uh, the first thing that jumps to my head was 16. Did somebody already say 16 or no? Yeah, Hannah went 16. So what's the closest available number to 16? Uh, 15, go 15 or 17. Oh, so both are available. I mean, yeah. let's be optimistic. Let's say 16. 17. 17, going big. I like Go that. Large. Steal Hannah's, Hannah's prediction from her. <laughs> oh, is it what? Is it, um, is it, uh, is it prices right style? Yeah, higher, lower, higher. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one was number we'll of series wins. We'll be returning to that. Yeah, we will do. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, number of series <laughs> wins. Number of World Series wins in April. I'm gonna. <laughs> so I mean, you basically got. So we've currently got four. Dom went for five. Hannah went for six. So there's only two more. So um, you may we'll, we'll give you four, and you'll have to hope that we don't win either series we have left. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for. Uh, I'm gonna go for seven. Okay. I don't care that we. I don't care that we didn't play seven series. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, I guess you, that would include, yeah, let's, I think, no, I think, uh, so I'm going with seven because I think they're going to find out something about that Dodgers series <laughs> and we're going to get some wins back. So mm. I that's better. Yeah. To be honest, that's, that's better than rooting against days. That's very true. Yes. Very good. So what we will do, and if you want to come up with an April prediction now, Jay, you can do, otherwise we will uh, come back to it. Um, uh, I can make it. I can make a last. I'm going to say that the out of the last seven games, the A's will win two. Uh, with that, we'll win more than two, but two of our wins will be with the um, uh, with the extra inning man on second base rule. Ooh. So we will win two extra inning games out of our last seven games. Okay. What are you going or for, Tom? As the American oh. Premier League says, a draw. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will go none. Ooh. 
I'm going to go. I think one. we'll just win them all in normal innings. I'm going. So one. this is how this this works. Somebody somebody makes a pre- a, pre- a prediction, and then the other people fill in. Oh, okay, that's yeah. great. I like that. Yeah. So Hannah has to go three. <laughs> she can go as high as she likes. She can go seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We, three we or will, more. We will catch up with Hannah afterwards and uh, let you know on the blog at oaklandauk.com what Hannah went with. So I have actually set up a page on the blog which keeps a tally of all the predictions. So we should come back to you with that. Anyway, that is the predictions. And now you are here, Jay. We can uh, bring in a brand new feature that you will enjoy. And is there a new feature song? Yes. There is. So it is oh my this. God. Say it with Jay, say it with Jay, if you want to know the baseball lingo, say it with Jay. There you go. It is, say it with Jay. (laughs) (laughs) So the the background to this for all of you uh, wonderful podcast listeners is that we um, regularly enjoy watching games together for our Zoom watch-alongs. And um, obviously Hannah, Dom and myself, us, British fools will often refer to things and pronounce things in ways that Jay, in his strident American way, likes to pull us up on. So say it with Jay is Jay giving us all an education. But this time in the first edition, Jay, we are going to go for a word that you, in fact, have come up with. And I'm going to show it to you on a bit of paper. Okay. You need to spell it out and explain how to say it and why. And I should probably go uh, give the give a little bit of backstory on yes. this word as well. And there's no other format. Like I can just start talking. Nope. It's fire away. It's your section, awesome. Jay. So uh, the word people, are, a lot of our listeners are going to be like, "That's not a word." Jay just made that up. Well, this is baseball, and I'm American, so I can make up words. Um, the word the word is rispinato. Um, that is R-I-S-P-I-N. There might be an apostrophe after that. I'm not sure. And then A-T-O. Um, so basically, uh, this, the, this word dates back or its roots uh, date back uh, to Latin, maybe 2019, 2020. <laughs> uh, the Oakland A's uh, UK group, started talking about Rispin because they were reading the word or they're reading RISP or runners in scoring position just, you know, as if it's a word that people say, but I've never heard anybody say RISP before. (laughs) Um, And so RISP became Rispin because apparently that's, what you do when you're when when you get a hit with runners in scoring position, then I you're guess you're away. Um, you're risping away, and uh, it became a song. Um, I believe it's got two songs now. Now yeah. that uh, now that it's been translated into uh, or developed into rispinato. Yeah. So rispinato is rispin and two outs. So <laughs> runners in scoring position in and two outs. Uh, and uh, yeah, because you know that's that's the that's the time uh, when you have the most effect on the outcome of a game if you can get a hit with runners in scoring position and two outs. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's what Rispinato Rispinato means. Uh, it's got there's a little song based on Desperado. Uh, uh, Rispinato, why don't you come to your senses and stop swinging for fences? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try to hit all the notes and sing it. Uh, maybe if you catch me during a watch along and I've had a few to drink, then I might try to do that, but not, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. actually singing it. You can, uh, I will make know. a video of it, Jay. I will do, I will record a version <laughs> and make a video for you. That is my I, yeah, I just want to uh, add, add Rispinato, Rispinato, you know. It's, yeah, is it pa- it's, pastor or pastor? This is definitely this is definitely an American word, and it's pronounced rispinato because uh, 
Rispinado is not that's that's not the song. It's not Desperado. Uh, <laughs> Rispinado. And also it kind of sounds a little Italian. You know, like, yeah. But uh, if you're from New York though, you might just say Rispinat because you don't pronounce the uh like, oh let me get some mutz, let me get some mozzarella, uh some prosciutto, some rispinat. <laughs> um yeah, so rispinato. That's uh, say it with Jay. Rispinato. Say it with Jay. Say it with Jay. If you want to know the baseball lingo, say it with Jay. There we go. This is going to become one of our most popular features, I am sure. And talking about popular features, we did a quiz last time, and that went down very well. So, Dom, you have taken the lead for another little quiz. Yes. Yes, it is time for Bruce's Play Your Cards Right. Bruce's Play Your Cards Right. I've got a line of higher or lowers for each of you. Matt, you will go first. Jay, if Matt gets it wrong, you will have a chance to steal with a single correct answer. Matt, to score a point, you've got to get five in a row. Ooh. So, Matt, you're doing hitters, Ooh, I'm ready. and I have, and this will upset Jay, meddled with um, various statistics. So we'll be jumping around between average and on-base percentage. <laughs> okay. So you're starting with Ramon's on-base percentage, which is 0.286. Yeah. Next up is Jed Lowry's average. Is it higher or lower? Higher. It is higher. Point three two three. Uh, Matt Chapman's on base percentage higher or lower than point three two three. Lower. Correct. I thought that would get you. It's point two six nine. Sean Murphy's. I think it's on base percentage. <laughs> <laughs> Can't read my own writing. Um, he's not had a great start. So is it two six nine? You said higher or lower? Higher. It is higher. Oh, that was a guess, pure guess. Three hundred. And hashtag BTN Tony Kemp's on base percentage. So it's three hundred we're working with. Yep. Lower. Oh, <laughs> you've lost it right at the end. Shit. <laughs> Shit on it's it. Point, it's point three four six. Shit but on unfortunately, it. that's the fifth one. I don't have I don't have another another one to give to Jay to steal. Um let me quickly I just I I don't I don't just get to steal and say, actually, Dom, it was higher. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering I edit the podcast, you can say what you like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, well, we'll just see if Jay gets further in than four correct answers in a row. So, Jay, you've got ERAs. And again, just to upset you, Jay, I have mixed up starting pitchers with relief pitchers. That's fine. <laughs> so, friend of the UK A's, happy baseball pitching Cole Irvin, <laughs> currently on an ERA of 4.6. Jesus Lozado's ERA. Higher. Higher is correct. 5.89. Delois Guerra, and we, we should have probably added this to say it with Jay. <laughs> um, his average. Lower. Oh, his, his uh, ERA. ERA, sorry, yeah. Okay, yeah, lower. Lower, yep. 1.42. Lou Trevino. Lower. Correct. 1.38. And for the win, to get five in a row, you're not like this, Matt. Oh. Kai Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I th- what did he do when he came in in those two games? <laughs> oh. I know he pitched. I'm gonna say I. I uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say higher, just because I can't imagine that he pitched shutout innings. <laughs> Yes. He, he conceded no runs. He pitched one uh, shot. I, yeah, that's so. It's a tie. We both we both dropped it on the, yeah, the yeah. last. Yeah, you tied. Uh, 
<laughs> Everyone's a winner, as with the Oakland A's right now. Well, there we go. Uh, uh, Dom, we can go back to you because it's time for some Oakland Roots news. Roots News. Yes. Marshawn Lynch has joined Roots ownership. Who's he? Who's Marshawn Lynch? Beast mode. That doesn't doesn't watch American football. No, okay. All right. Marshawn Lynch is an Oakland native that went on to win a Super Bowl for the uh, the Seattle Seahawks, I think. That's right, Jay. Um, As a running back. Um, Very, very at the top of his game. He was the best running back in the league at, at his peak. Um, came back to Oakland, played for the Raiders in their last few seasons in Oakland. Um, he owns the Oakland indoor football team. I don't know if they survived COVID, if I'm honest. Um, and he is very proud, says that he uh, snatched the opportunity because when he grew up in Oakland, the sports teams there were shining examples of how to be, how to act, etc. Says that it's said it was a crying shame that they've lost so many of them. It's obviously a dig at the Warriors and the Raiders, um, and that he had to he had to take the opportunity to uh, invest and to uh, take some ownership of the roots, so that they can build that back. So, fantastic! Good news. And they're not going to sign up to the uh, Europe Super League, I take it. No, they, they've already got their closed system where they can pay their uh, players thirty dollars a month, Fair so they don't have to. <laughs> Skirt around the uh, football politics, Matt. (laughs) Football politics. Well, there's a question. Um, The first game uh, is just over a week off on the 8th of May against Phoenix Rising. (laughs) Scam. (laughs) Um, I have been looking at the schedule for the Roots and the bad news. Sorry? What was that? Scam. Oh, why did we spit and say scum? Because no, Phoenix... no, no. Yeah, no. I know, I know that it's, they're they're like Ipswich or whatever. But I, you said a word that I didn't understand. Schedule. Yeah. What what is that? Oh, say it with Jay. Go on. I, I, how do you, how... right? Sorry, Jay. I've been looking at the fixtures. That's fair. Let's get this right. I, I understand that. <laughs> you can say you can say fixtures or you can say schedule. But <laughs> schedule. I don't I don't understand what that is. <laughs> say it with Jay. Say with Jay. Um, the fixtures for the Roots are very disappointing for UK fans okay. in that they always fi- always kick off at either 5.10, 7pm or 8pm, which is 1.10am, 3am or 4am. Mm. So I think we'll be watching weekend games. <laughs> I think so. Have we found out yet about in terms of TV coverage or coverage that we can watch in the UK? I... Don't know yet. I'll I'll work on that for the next pod. Lovely. There we go. So I have um, already previewed a bit of any other baseball that Dom you had, and any other baseball you wanted to pick up on. I did. Let me unlock my phone so I can get back to it. Um, so um, the Oakland Sixty Eights, our friends in the bleachers. The the Sixty Eights is a group between both sides of the bleachers, the left field and the right field, um, and is a fan group. And they have today released their mission statement, um, which thanks healthcare uh, and first-line responders um, and and all first-line workers, or what we'd call in the UK first-line workers. Um, and they, they share their vision and mission um, for another year of Oakland A's baseball, and they want to hold club ownership and the club accountable uh, and inviting to ha- inviting the club to have meetings with them. Um, and they want to work on the pricing of the new stadium. And I just think that it's, it's a really, really good mission statement. I would encourage everyone to go and have a look at it, especially our American listeners, should we have any. <laughs> um, Fans and all around not, the world. Don't you worry you, about that. 
If you're not already following the Oakland 68s, give them a follow. And if you're not a member and you're in the States, get joined. Um, the We've just seen this week, we skirted over football politics. We've seen this week in the UK the, the, the power that fans have um, in rebuffing a, a European Super League, which the owners wanted. Um, Jay and I will disagree on how optimistic this is, but I think the more people that join the 68s, the more likely it is that the club will listen to them. And if they do listen to them and the fans get a a discourse with the owners or even just with the club, let's separate the club from the owners. Let's let's not forget to do that. And, you know, if they can get time with Dave Caval and they can get their voice heard, it can only lead to positive outcomes. So uh, kudos to 68s. Big, big support from the UK. Um, Anything we can help with, we will. Um, I still have a box here. You won't be able to see this in the podcast, but Jay and... Matt can see it. This is headed for the 68s, containing our flag and a load of strength and unity badges. Um, So, yes, go the 68s. That's going to get flagged by customs, by the way. (laughs) Absolutely. Guaranteed, Jay. That was the other thing that I was thinking. Had the Super League continued to go along the way that they said it was going to, is like the next step is to t- take advantage of franchise scarcity and start selling uh, expansion slots. So, oh, you want a team in L.A.? $500 million will get you a team in L.A. and you can join the Super League or Qatar or wherever. Like, that's, you know, that's, that's the next part of that gambit. That's very true. And, uh, yeah, it goes Those back to the Open 68. Well. Oh, yeah, well, that's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the yeah, one last game and all of that crap. Yeah. One last thing on the on the football. I I, I think we're, we're all on the same page. The European Super League was horrible, and it was it was the worst thing. But very close second was the absolute shite coming out of the, the hypocrisy from Sky, from the FA, from the Premier League, from UEFA from FIFA about saving the game for fans. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is UEFA who don't react to racism. This is UEFA who, to, to pick a stadium for a European Cup final, you don't have to have security protocols for fans. You just have to have a certain number of five-star hotels in the proximity. This is the FA and the Premier League who suggested game 39 abroad. Again, you know, fan safety, nowhere near. Nothing, nothing done about ticket prices games Swansea away on a Monday night no one can go to that piss off they don't give a shit about fans this was always about money this was just the the reaction from the media okay some of it will have echoed the fans and the fans did unite and they got the players on side and that's exactly what they needed to do but the media got behind it because they were in danger not because of the fans Mm. and the hypocrisy has really really fucked me off this week (laughs) Yes. Boris Johnson, interested in football oh, fans, pull Boris the fucking Johnson. other one. Sorry, yeah. I'll get down no. off my soapbox and but stop Boris swearing. Boris Johnson <laughs> having endless amounts of criticism currently for being shown up, for being dishing out contracts to his mates and for, oh, I know, I've got a free hit here. I can have a go at Premier League, rich Premier League football teams. Thank you very much. Yeah, 126,000 dead, quarter yeah. of the economy written off, contracts for your mates, spending taxpayers' money. Yep. Blowing it up there, uh, your girlfriend. <laughs> and and what yeah, girlfriend? exactly. <laughs> Taxpayers' money. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and, an uh, we don't and, need. and yeah, it's just absolutely, yeah. Anyway, let's move anyway, on. <laughs> we will move on in the sense that, um, yes, it goes to show what things like um, the Oakland Six Days is all about and the fact that, you know, we've complained about John Fisher for ages and. As with most of Lee's owners, and obviously there is slightly a link there in terms of some of the American ownership over here, they don't really seem like they feel they need to be accountable in any way whatsoever. And if that's one thing that these last few days hopefully can change, I'm not sure it will change too much, but it's the sort of thing where you need to keep the momentum going because otherwise they'll just come back. And, you know, they don't care, do they? So rich bastards are going to be rich bastards. And that is my news point for the day. Jay, do you have any any other baseball news? Any other baseball news? <laughs> or, or any other comments that you may wish to have, make? Having spoken for 10 minutes at length about football. Yes. 
or soccer. Sorry, yeah, say no, with I'll, Jay. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep my uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep my opinions on uh, what the Super League comments commentary on Super League says about the U.S. soccer media uh, to myself. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll record a full other podcast about that. <laughs> UK A's and J soccer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a market for it, I'm sure. Anyway, thank you. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Jay, for popping in as you've been able to do so. Always great to hear from you. Thank you, Dom, as always. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. If you're not subscribing and you've just kind of ventured away across this particular podcast episode, do subscribe via your favorite podcast site. And don't forget, we're available across social media, riding the wave at Oakland AUK. Okay.